All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gaming excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery instance, and sport betting. Sign up today at PlayAlberta.ca. I am doing really well, Jason. How are you doing? I, I can't believe all this weather we're getting in through right through Alberta. Hasn't snowed in three weeks. I know. It's brutal. But uh, they're claiming, hey, the weather guys say we're going to get some uh, Sunday, Monday. So I hope uh, they are correct. Uh, we can definitely need it. Now, uh, I had lots of people when it came out text me, you got to ask Martin. Um, uh, of course, you came out with your list of the top 50 uh, non-NHL <laughs> players. Uh, the owners didn't have any on the list. Uh, the only one I thought maybe he could make that list was Phil Broberg. There's no one else in the organization that couldn't. Um, did he meet your requirements or because he had played in the NHL last year, was he not qualified? How did it work? Or did you just not have him in your top 50? Well, it, it, it's NHL affiliated prospects. And if you are not eligible to be a rookie of the year, you're not eligible. Okay. So he's not eligible. Okay. There, that answers my yeah, question. So, okay. So technically so, so, let's so. say, he he. Would you have had him in your top fifty if he had qualified? No. No. Okay. What? Uh, so what? What concerns you about Broberg? He hasn't shown me that he's anything more than a third pair defenseman. Third pair defensemen aren't getting on my top fifty affiliated prospects list. All right. But have any of them technically showed you that they're better than the? Like they're all prospects at that point, are they not? Well, everybody, well, not everybody. I mean, it's it's affiliate NHL affiliated prospects. They're all they're all prospects. Yeah. Okay. Jason, I don't I don't have I don't have anybody in my top fifty that that, that I don't see as a, as a top 
pair or first line forward, top pair D, top, or, or a second pair defenseman or a, or a second line forward. Okay. Um, I don't see – I mean, is a projection part of the whole deal? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, at like I, I really think the problem with Broberg was for two years, I don't think he's played enough to know what he is, right? In the Because in, people say, yeah, but he played 50 games in Edmonton. I'm like, he played eight minutes a night. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care who you are as a player, especially for defenseman. Like, you're playing 7D and probably 35 of those games, I think it was, if my math's correct. Like, it's hard to know what he was. I, I think the orders kind of butchered his development a bit. I'd rather have just said, go find somebody else to play eight minutes a night and play, have him play a ton of minutes in the American League. But that's just me. Amen. Uh, I, Jason, you will not ever get an argument from me. You know, and, and, and you know, Ken Holland, uh, the manager, the president manager, or, you know, general manager of the team, and he's always said, you know, I, I want to get the players overripe. No. And, you know, I, listen, I, I, it's easy for me to sit here and, and, and toss a, a brick towards Ken's way. I, I, I was exact, we were the exact same way in Dallas, and I came to Calgary, and I'll be straightforward with you. I didn't help Ole Saprikin end up being the best player he, he could have been. He was a first-round draft pick like Broberg, similar spot. And no, 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 everything that I believed in, everything philosophically that we had known proved successful in Dallas, I pushed Ole Saprikin in the league at 19. It, like, I didn't help Ole reach his potential. So, you know, I'm not here uh, just saying, oh, what's happened. I, I, I've done it myself. Yeah, no, and it's fair, right? Like, it. It's it's easy to say, okay, I've got this strategy, but as you sit in there, like it's hard to be a hundred percent committed to it all the time, right? Because sometimes you see someone and you're like, well, geez, this guy might be the exception, right? There's always exceptions to certain rules. Well, and you come from a really successful organization as Kenny did from Detroit, and and it went, and, and your team was humming along, and and there wasn't a lot of room, so it was easy. I shouldn't say easy. It was easier. Uh, to see, oh, that player isn't ready. We're setting him down. It was the same with us in Dallas. And, but but you come to Edmonton, you come to Calgary, you're short on players, and now you start to see promise of a younger player. And and, and so uh, you, you now push it along. Yeah, you push it along, not really f- fully believing in it, but you push it along nonetheless. And really, I, I know that uh, I loved O'League. I thought he was a, a terrific young person, and, and I thought he had a lot of talent. And I quite like I'll take the blame. I, I deserve the blame. You know, I say NHL teams fail players more than players fail on their own. I failed only Saprika to a great extent. So that, that, that's on me. Yeah. Um, g- give me your thoughts, Craig, on the Rizitska uh, decision today by Arizona. They terminated his contract. Uh, I'm assuming it's due to the uh, video that surfaced. Um, you know, obviously there looked like there was a plate and, you know, he was high. There's some cocaine around it. Uh, what do you make of that decision? And um, is is there a chance? Can the player apply? Like, let's say he does have a drug problem, uh, you know, alleged drug problem. Are you allowed to just terminate a contract for that? Or do you not have to put him in, in like, the substance abuse program first? How does it work? Player has to, the first one is you got to go in there voluntarily. So he didn't. <laughs> he didn't go in there. You can't go in after you've been caught. And, and now, so the, the Arizona Coyotes have every right under the standard players contract to terminate that contract. Every right they have. And there's good. The NHLPA can appeal. They're not going to win because it's fully within the rights, just like they terminated Alex Kilchenyak's contract. 
uh, for 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 his actions in, in a very different way. You know, there's a lot of things in the in the standard players contract that dictates what a team can do and, and what a player has to adhere to, or his contract can be terminated. So for for Ruzicka, at, at, at the end of it all, you know what he, he to me doesn't have a leg to stand on, and you have these. You're trying to we talk about culture of, of an organization. We're trying to talk about being good role models. Well, Ruzicka failed. See ya. Yeah. If I'm the Arizona Coyotes, bye, 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 bye. Now, I, I, I think always what comes into play, and, and is it easier to terminate the contracts of Adam Ruzicka or Alex Galchenyuk at that point of the Yes, it is. And certainly, you know, you, it, it, it's not significant money when I talk about the NHL level, but certainly it would be always interesting to see what that, an organization would do with a different level of player. Oh, 100%. Um, Craig Button uh, joins us. I look at, you know, it's kind of just another you know, black mark. It's unfortunate for a young guy who's clearly got some problems when you're posting that video of yourself yeah. doing that uh, on social media. There's, you know, obviously uh, things aren't right uh, in that situation for him. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, look at us. We're doing the right decision. But I agree with you, Craig. Uh, sometimes you try to make examples of a guy who you're like, wow, this isn't really going to hurt our organization if he's not here. So um, now let's get to some of the uh, the teams on the ice. Uh, the Edmonton Orders, haven't you? They were 20 points back of Vegas, Craig. On November 10th, a win tonight, and they're tied, and they still have three games in hand. Uh, the Orders had the best record in the NHL since November 11th. Uh, meanwhile, Vegas has the 24th most points in that same span. They've had some injuries, no question, right? The- Shea Theodore was out, and you know, um, and now Stone is out, Eichel's out, Carrier is out, go down the list. But um, that's a pretty significant kind of turn of events. And, you know, home ice advantage, when I consider that Edmonton has the best home record in that span, Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Colorado are second, third, and fourth. Like, home ice advantage in the West this year might be more important than ever. I couldn't agree with you more, Jason. And you know, when you think about what the Oilers have done, hey, listen, there was no reason to believe in the Edmonton Oilers being able to climb this high in, in the standings in November. But through their play, through that, through the long winning streaks, uh, and, and then the, the, that stretch where they lost three games in what twenty eight games or twenty seven games or thereabouts, you, you look at what they did, and I, I had no doubt that they were a wild card team once they started to roll. And then I said they can catch Vegas. Vancouver's lost four games in a row, and they have games in hand on Vancouver. And, and I, I had kind of ruled out in my own mind that Edmonton could catch Vancouver. Why stop at Vegas? I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to be by Vegas here per, like permanently and, and Vegas isn't going to catch them, but you, get your sights set now on Vancouver because to avoid Vegas in the first round, is that even better? Yep. Oh, so uh, Edmonton owners don't stop because uh, when, when, when you, when you get on this kind of a run, and the Oilers have been fantastic. And I know the last few games are post-All-Star. There's, you know, some games that haven't been as good for the Oilers as, as they were prior to that. But don't don't stop here. Get, if you if you got to – and they do. They can realistically look at first place in the Pacific, whereas two weeks ago I said, nah, not happening. But you lose four games in a row like Vancouver does, and the possibility and the probability increases. 
Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you look at it um, like Vancouver. Every team is going to go through a little bit of a funk, Craig. And you know, I, I think overreaction sometimes is key now for team people want to over. Oh, my God, they're brutal. They're brutal. Like, you know, the hyperbole analysis, I have a little bit of you know frustration with it. But when you see Vancouver, is there is there anything that that's not hyperbole, but of a concern for you? Or is there just, you know, a little bit of a stretch? Like, like they're not going to give up seven goals in the third period ever again, I wouldn't think, right? Like, that's kind of anomalies. But what what do you see in Vancouver that maybe wasn't there for the first 50 games? Yeah, well, number one, I, l- let me go through their last four games. Last Saturday at, at home against Winnipeg, to me, it became really simple. Winnipeg's best and most important players outplayed Vancouver's best and most important player. When, when you have that happen, you're not going to win games. The, you mentioned the game in Minnesota. I mean, three five-on-three goals. The penalty killing was awful. They got themselves in all kinds of trouble. And, you know, it was 5-2 for the Canucks, and there was no sign of trouble watching that game. And then all of a sudden, they, they started to go downhill. It, it, it's like when, when you hit a patch of ice and you're trying to hit your brakes, and no matter how hard you press the brakes, no matter how hard you try to steer around it, you're not stopping. And, 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 they, and they came uh, to the bottom of the hill in, in bad shape. I thought the game against Colorado on Tuesday night, I thought they played really well. It was a hard game, empty net goal, Colorado wins. The game last night against Seattle, they weren't competitive. They, they weren't competitive. Rick Dawkins said it. If you watch the game, Seattle dictated the pace, the tempo, and the intensity of that game. And 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 Vancouver could never catch up with it. So, okay, so you, you, you park the one on Monday versus Minnesota. You go, okay, we played good enough. Saturday and last night against Winnipeg and Seattle, not good enough. And if you're going to play like that at this point in the year, you're going to keep getting what you get. Rick Tockett put the onus on him. Said, "Oh, I didn't get the team prepared." That's that's a coach that has a lot to say. Not happy with his players, but when you're not getting ready to play, it's not on the coach. It's on you. You need to be a self starter. And bottom line is, they didn't start last night, and it wasn't good enough. And if if that's how you're going to play, the game starts at the drop of the puck. And if you're not ready to play, and you need a coach to get you pushed in the right direction, you got big problems. Craig Button from uh, TSN joins us as uh, we're talking uh, all things uh, NHL. Craig, the uh, the New York Rangers, uh, one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League. You know, they got a lot of the ingredients that make you think, okay, this is a legit cup contender. If you're the GM in New York and you got two weeks, what are you looking to add between now and the deadline? Well, a little help in my forward group and. It doesn't have to be at the bottom end of that group. You got three rookies. I mean, I mean, Rempe got called up, and uh, you have Johnny Brodzinski, and, and then you have uh, Will Cooley. You know, if you could add a little bit more uh, experience, you, you know, some areas of the team that you could support. Not that those guys can't help you, but with the with the loss of Philip Hedel, I think that that's pretty significant. If they could get somebody that could be a reasonable facsimile. Of Philip Heedle and, and and play that kind of a role. I mean, he 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 was a really good player last year. It's unfortunate that he won't return this year. You know, Blake Wheeler. They lose. They lose that heaviness. You know, th- th- those would be the areas I'd be looking to try to uh, improve upon. 
and try to add to my group. And maybe that's Adam Henrique. You, you know, I just, I mentioned in a name, right? You're trying to look at a little bit of weight, a little bit of size uh, within your group. That, that's where I'd be looking if I were the wrench. I'm not looking in the net. I'm not looking on the blue line. I don't need high-end uh, part of my forward group. That, that Those would be the specific areas I try to find some some help in. The uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, oh no, sorry, the Florida Panthers, Craig. A lot of people have them as maybe the best team in the league right now. And I don't, I don't, I, you can say they're the best team this week. Next week, someone could say someone else. Like I don't see a, a clear cut favorite in the NHL, but I see a lot of teams. Florida. I look at Carolina. I look at Boston. I look at the Rangers uh, in the East. Uh, I look at uh, Edmonton and Colorado and Dallas and Winnipeg and Vancouver. You know, Vegas. They're all good. Now, they've all got some areas of, of concern, maybe, you know, and the, the Kachuk leaving the game last night, like you wonder, does he have another sternum problem, right? That could be a little bit of a, an issue there. But, like, the Panthers seem to be maybe, like, the most well-rounded team. Like, they, they haven't had a big dip all year. They overcame injuries. There wasn't a, you know, they overcame all those injuries start the year, and they've just rolled. So are they maybe the team with the least – amount of holes, not the favorite, but just the team with the, the least amount of weaknesses. You know, in a horse race or, or in a car race, you know, whichever way you want, a horse or a car starts at the pole position. So so how I would position it right now, I would say that Florida is in the pole position. And, and to your point, they're complete. I, I look at, I look at j- just to go to coach of the year. I think Paul Maurice has done a phenomenal job with the Florida Panthers this year. You mentioned the injuries early on, and they've been consistent, and they've been good. And if, if there was an Eastern coach of the year, to me, it's Paul Maurice. The Western coach of the year, you know, seemingly was Rick Tockett. Well, I'll tell you what, if the Edmonton Oilers get the first place, it's going to be Chris Knobloch because what he's done has been nothing short uh, of outstanding as well. But but the you're right. Like, there's so many teams that can legitimately look and go, okay, if we had a little bit of this or we find a little bit more consistency or we strengthen ourselves in this area, it's not like you're far off. Carolina isn't far off from Florida. They proved it in the game last night. Boston isn't far off. The Rangers aren't far off. We talk about the Pacific and the Central Divisions. There's six teams there. You know, Vegas right now concerns me. Be straightforward with you. They concern me. 24th, as you point out, in points uh, over that over that long stretch of time. Injuries, you know, you come through the playoffs last year, everything that goes with it. There might only be five teams now in the West. I thought there was six before. Sometimes we default to the defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights are not showing me enough right now to be in the category with Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, Edmonton, or Vancouver. They just aren't. And, and they would be the sixth team. But that's five teams, four from the east. Put Vegas in there. That's ten teams. <laughs> and, and and the margins aren't that far off for them. A little edge here, a little improvement there, a little more consistency. There's no telling how far it can get. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, no, it's it's very true, right? Like, like in Vegas is looking a little bit like a team, uh, you know, the, 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 the wear and tear potentially of a playoff run catches up to you. Maybe not right away, but maybe the, the year later, or maybe they just got bad luck. I don't know. Like Mark Stone, to me, has some pretty bad luck, like a lacerated spleen. That's no joke, right? Like, uh, you know, I've talked to a few medical people. They say, like, that's like a three to six month injury. And it's not one that, like, some guys can play through, uh, you know, the pain of a knee rehab, Craig. Doctors are like, you can't play through a lacerated spleen, right? It's too dangerous. So, um, you know, that, that's a huge blow for, like, they're struggling, and now their leading scorer is out. Jack Eichel, like, so you lose Mark Stone. You have Jack Eichel out. Uh, William Carrier, who was a really good member of their fourth line out. William Carlson has missed games. The blue line hasn't been fully healthy. Shea Theodore just returned. Aiden Hill have been out for a while. It, it could be just one of those years where you, you run up against the injury uh, bug, and, and, and there's just no way to recover from it. And then you add in what you just said, long run to the Stanley Cup, and there's just not enough oxygen uh, to to really carry you forth through the marathon that's required to win the Stanley Cup. Greg, have yourself uh, a good weekend. Um, of all, you had Cutter Goche as number one on your uh, um, list earlier this week. If I had to ask you, because I know it's a projection, and it's your mm-hmm. list and you're 50, of the guys that maybe you, you didn't rank higher, who is the one guy that's ranked out of your top 10 that you think has the best, and not number 11, but just somebody that for whatever reason, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like kind of a wild card guy that says, you know what? Yeah, I know I ranked him here, but I actually think he could be better, but I'm a little worried about something. Like who's maybe that that wild card guy? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if I get worried. You're always trying to watch and you're always trying to figure out, okay, uh, you know, what, what, what one of these players, you know, can continue to get better. So, you know, when, when I look at it, like, like I really like Dustin Wolf. I think he's been, but he struggled at the NHL level, like to this point in time. And, but I still think that he could be the guy. If I had to go to one place on this list and, and say, this player could end up being a big time player. It's Lane Hudson. Of the of the of the Boston University, he 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 just continues to show me okay. again and again and again that his size doesn't matter. I, I go to game. I, I watch Lane now probably 50, 60 times, and 
I, I watch the game now. I don't even notice that he's five foot ten. I just see this fantastic player. And and if anybody wants to push me, he probably could have been higher. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so that's your guy. All right, I like it. I like it, Craig. As always, you no, know, Walsh has been good. Scaroff has been really good for Milwaukee. Oh, the, the goalie. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's been really good. Keep in mind this too. You know, he 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 basically didn't play for two years because they were messing around with him in the yes. KHL yes. with with uh, St. Petersburg, and so he's really found his way, doing a really nice job as well. Awesome. All right, man. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Craig. Have a good weekend. Thank. Yeah, you too, Jason.